Welcome to Momentum Church. Yesterday to one of our missionaries that we support, we support as a church a movement called She is Safe that is out of Nepal, and it sets young girls free from prostitution. That's a good thing, amen? Yes, praise the Lord for that. So continue your support and your ties, your giving here. But what I was talking with Mike about yesterday, um, he and I were just catching up. It's been a few months since we talked. And he just wanted to say, hey, pastor, he goes, I want you to know how incredible it is that I can catch your all services online. And he goes, it is noticeable the difference that I see in what you guys provide online. And so I may not be saying this so much for the benefit of those seated today, but for those behind the desk there in the sound booth, for those in our production room, I am saying that. Can we all give those people a big round of applause? Amen. (laughs) I don't think you realize the amount of people and work it takes to allow us to have that online presence that we have. And, and I just want, if you're online, man, I'm thankful for you being able to join us week to week. It's been exciting for those gathered online. Some are out of state and they have become a part of our church. I'll tell you a crazy story real quick. A family who has a disabled child that cannot go to church because of the levels of disability with this child. They're in Florida and they have so much become a part of this community. They'll be here in a few weeks to visit. But they have so much become a part of this community of faith that I, as a pastor, got to write them a letter to the Christian school they wanted to send their older kids to, to say that I'm their pastor, and this is their church, and they are active participants in the ministry of Momentum Church. And um, those young kids were able to be accepted into that school, that Christian school. Um, and so I, I, there may not be a whole lot to you, and I get it. I want people to go to church wherever you're close. I get that. I want that. I think that makes greater impact. But for that family, and you know who you are, so proud of you guys and being able to allow us to minister into your lives weekly. Isn't that neat? That we can go into that home and sow into it and, and speak into those lives every single week. And so um, you guys make that possible. You make that possible with your giving. You make that possible with your heart. And the volunteers behind the scenes make that possible with their abilities and talents. And so one more, one more round of applause for them. Amen. Yeah, and also I really would be remiss if this weekend I wouldn't speak to, if I didn't speak to it being the 20th anniversary of the remembrance of 9-11. And um, Pastor myself and, and Pastor Stephanie, we were given such an honor yesterday by the city of Woodstock. We were able to join with our, 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 our city leaders, with the, the paramedics, the fire departments, the police, the sheriffs, the military personnel. And I don't know how many people were there. The, the, the park was full. But we were able to share, and, and they allowed Pastor Stephanie to do the opening prayer and for me the closing comments and closing prayer. And, um, and I just I want to thank you as a church for your heart toward our, our first responders. And that was part of the reason why they allowed us to do that yesterday was just our involvement with the city when it comes to first responders. And, man, we have a big heart here when it comes to first responders. And so I want to applaud you all for allowing us to have that impact in people's lives. And yesterday we were able to come into that moment. And, and right about over here during that event, there was a family, the King family, that was present. And um, they had lost their son in the World Trade Center 20 years ago. And they were there. They were present. And I could just see 
when speakers would speak about the sacrifice, the pain, the struggle, all that people have gone through. But then when the speakers would switch and talk about hope and, and, and pride and, 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 and involvement in, in, in the community and things like that, I could see them just nodding, yes. I know it's been 20 years for them to process through this, but I could see in a way that they had a healthy understanding or a healthy expression, and it's been years for them to develop that, but they had a healthy expression of being able to understand the loss of their child, what the world's gone through since that time, and you could just see in their hearts just the appreciation that they had for everybody showing them love. And, um, and so just be praying for the Keene family. They're new to our county. They live in Canton. They moved here from Louisiana. And so just be praying for them. And this is a tough weekend for them. But I, again, I could just see how they, they, you hate that. You know, the word tells us that all things work together for the good of those who love God. We know that scripture, don't we? All things. And and that, and that can be kind of like, really, Ross, can all things? I mean, re- I mean, have you ever felt that way before about something? In life? Like, really? Like, just be like all things? You know, I, I want to I do something during this series. I, I want to start off with you guys. All things. I, I'll start off. I mean, that's, that's horrible. 9-11. All things can work for the good. And anything I know we bring to the table today will probably feel like it trivializes this, but because of the, the gravity of 9-11. But check this. I mean, in your life, things have crumbled. In your life, you've been through things. This has been a year in my personal life. And this series, I, sometimes I tell you guys, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to preach myself happy during this series. Is that okay? Sometimes you guys have to just go with me as the Lord is dealing with Ross. Is that okay? All right? And so I've been living this, this series out for the last, really, probably year and a half. Just, just this is something that I've been growing and trying to develop in and my understanding. And, and so with us as a church, I think over the next five weeks, this is going to help us so much. Because all of us, we face things in our funnel, you know? And I don't want this just to be, to be my stuff. I want to hear from y'all, all right? So if you're at home and you're watching online, you can write something in the comments, okay? If you're here, I want you guys to say something. So what is something that's been a frustration that you've faced or a, a, a discouragement or a struggle? I'm listening. Divorce. All right, divorce. And, and, and there's people in this church, we love divorced people, Amen. We always say if you're divorced, you're not second rate here. If you're married, stay married. We'll help you, right? But if you're divorced coming in, God's got a purpose and a plan. So that's a great one, divorce. Somebody's gone through divorce. What's another one, somebody? Say it one more time. Illness? I think I heard illness. Yeah, there's illness. Illness. Give me, we're going to fill this up. Give me something else. Finances. How many broke folk? No, don't, you don't have to say anything. Broke folk finances. Let's do a couple more. Addiction, that's a good one. Oh my gosh, that's a good one. Addiction, addiction. Man, I'll tell you one that we've dealt with so much lately has been death. So much death, so much death. Maybe maybe this doesn't seem as, as, as big as these, but it is. Maybe you were overlooked at at work, you know? Maybe you, have, you go to the office early, you stay late, and that joker down there, the other cubicle, got the raise. Jerk. Right? So let's just say job, and then I think jerks would be good. 
Because <laughs> we all, because we all, we all run into jerks, don't we? Like it just, it just happens, yeah. And so this is the funnel, and then God's scripture comes along in Romans eight twenty eight and tells us that all things, <laughs> everybody shout all things. It says we know that all things work together for those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. And I don't know about you, but I get frustrated with that verse. I do. It's like, God, I don't get it. I don't understand. I know you're saying all things, and this verse to me becomes very pithy. It becomes very trite. It becomes very Christianese. You know what I'm saying? It becomes very, somebody's lost a child. And, and well, listen, all things work together for the good of those who, I lost my baby. That's something I learned from my pastor years ago. That when people are going through pain, just speak to it. And don't make it, don't, just, you're right, this is horrible. You're right, this sucks. You're right, this, this doesn't seem fair. Am I alone? Have you, you, you've had to have felt that way before. You, you're right, I've served and served and served. And I'm expecting, we don't say this, but it's in our head. I'm expecting a harvest on my service. I'm expecting some fruit from my labor. Amen. I sowed the seed. Glory to God. Ha. And it's time to reap. But man, my field looks bare. My field looks empty. And then I come across this scripture. And I want to say all things work together for the good of those who love God. And here's the thing. It's true. How many know that scripture is true? But haven't we, every one of us, seen people crash and burn in the middle of all these frustrations, all these struggles? Every one of us could make a list of people that didn't make it out the other side of this. We can make a list. And you may be sitting here today going, Ross, I'm in the middle of that. I'm about to put myself on the deficit side. I, I agree. I haven't seen myself come out the other side of this. And not even sure if I will come out the other side of it. We've all seen that, right? And then, and then we see the scripture here, though. It says, but it's for those who are called. Those who are called. And I got to thinking about that. You know what? God doesn't just call us. Because this verse is true. All right? It is. It's a true verse. I've seen the fruit of this verse. Sometimes it takes a decade to see the fruit of this verse. Sometimes it takes a month. Sometimes it takes, takes years. But I've seen the fruit of this verse manifest and come to be. But, but that thing with the calling, check this out. God doesn't just call us, he equips us. And that's where the struggle is. Because we want to look at this verse and say, well, God, all things work together. And so here it is. Make it happen. Can I tell you, he's not going to just call you to this. He's going to equip you for this. And the reason why is that verse is not magic. That verse is a mindset. Let me say that again. The fulfillment of this verse isn't magic. It's mindset. And I have, I've had people call before. I, I'm just, I won't use no names, obviously. I can remember years ago, a man calling me and saying, I need your help. This is a man that had started a church, trying to get his family squared up, just kept making bad choices. The whole family, all of them making bad choices. Went on to another church. Went on to another church because they thought the church would fix them. 
If I can get in the right catechism, it'll fix me. If I can get in the right healing prayer line, maybe Pastor Ross will lay hands on me, I'll fall out in the Holy Ghost, and I'll be fixed. Again, that's not me doing that. I'm just saying that mindset. That, that If I can just get somewhere, some magic will happen. And, man, he had jacked his whole marriage up. I won't go into the details. And he calls me. You've got to come to my house, Pastor Ross, and you've got to pray over my house. I hadn't heard from this guy in like two years. You've got to come and you've got to pray over my house. I need this broke. I need this victory. I need this. I need this. I need this. And I told him, I said, it's not, I'm not coming. I'm not doing magic for you. You don't have an issue that needs magic. You have an issue that needs discipleship. I didn't go. He got mad. I said, you've got to grow. You've got to change. You've got to become, everybody say, equipped. Because all of us are going to face stuff. Some of this stuff is thrust upon us. Some of this is by our own doing. But we're all going to face stuff. And then we come to this place where we look at that scripture and we go, God, but how? How in the world is this supposed to take, to manifest? How is this supposed to be me walking in the better that God has for me? (coughs) And like I said... It's not magic, it's mindset. What is mindset? What is mindset? It's the established set of attitudes held by someone. That man had a mindset that I'm going to rub a lamp and God's going to pop out and do my bidding. From this point to that point, I'm going to do whatever I well please, right? No matter the consequence, no matter if it's going to hurt my wife, no matter if it's going to hurt my family, I'm going to do what I want. But now I'm going to rub the genie lamp of Romans 8, 28, and all things are going to work out for my good. No, it's not. It's not. Because you have not allowed yourself to be developed, think right, so that you can act right. Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is an establishment that we need to have of our mindset the attitudes that we have. And some people, when it comes to life, they will have a growth mindset, and some people have a very fixed mindset. All right? Let me give you a few examples. So a fixed mindset, will look at these issues, and we'll say, well, you know what? My failure is because of the limit of my abilities. My failure or what I'm experiencing is because of the lack of opportunity. You know, well, you know what, I just don't have the giftings or talents. I, I'm, not, I'm just, I'm good at something or I'm not. And I'm just not good at that, so why even try? Right? How about a small one? I can't. That's a fixed mindset. I just, I can't. Or, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable when I'm challenged. I don't, I don't like being challenged. That's a fixed mindset. When I get really frustrated, I just give up. That's a fixed mindset. I'm hoping you'll get an understanding through this series. Today, I'm just setting some stuff up. But I I want you to get this idea that, yes, all this stuff in the funnel, God can take care of, but he will not take care of it through magic. Now, will his anointing come upon you as you make decisions? Oh, yeah. Will his anointing, his wisdom, will the gifts of the Holy Spirit show up, giving you word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, discernment of spirits? Oh, yeah. You're not on your own. I'm not saying that. Please hear my heart. You're not on your own. All I'm saying, though, is God is going to allow your heart 
to turn toward him, your development of growth and a growth mindset to get to a place where you have the confidence to begin to move in the things of the Spirit, to begin to move in the wisdom that God brings to you. But maybe you're there saying, but my potential, isn't it just predetermined? Isn't it just, my lid is already set, I can't go past my, my lid. I'm just, you know what, I, I get challenged over here to try something new, but I'm just going to stick to what I know. I'm going to stick to what I'm comfortable with. And then somebody comes and they begin to try to talk some sense into you or into me. And I see that feedback as criticism. And I see that feedback as personal. And rather than growing, my mind is fixed. And it just takes me deeper into a darkness. And I blame them for it. Right? Where on the other side, there's a growth mindset. This is what we want to achieve in our life. We want to be able to be those that are open, that have mindsets like, you know what? Failure is an opportunity for me to grow. Man, don't ever, ever miss the opportunity to use a good failure. It's an opportunity. I won't do that again. Right? I love it. Max saw me have a failure in the woods probably a year ago. I had this saw that a buddy of mine bought me for a present, and um, it's a little saw across, it, it really cuts good. And I was making a gravity-fed fire thing for our family, because I thought, why sit here and put logs on a fire all night, right? We'll just make a gravity-fed one. So I needed two long poles to make the gravity-fed part, and they had knobs and stuff. Well, you, it has to be smooth, because these things got to drop, the logs got to drop into the fire. You're like, this isn't the adventure series anymore, Russ. I know. So I'm over here by myself, and I'm cutting all the nubs off and stuff. Well, then Matt comes over and starts talking to me, and I start talking to him. And as I'm talking to him, I lose, it goes through the nub, and it goes into the nub of my hand, it goes into my finger. I should have had stitches, but I'll never use stitches because super glue works. <laughs> Why? I have a growth mindset. You know, it's possible. I know it. <laughs> But I say all that to say that this week, Mac and I were building some stuff out in the woods, and, um, and he's, his sister starts talking, and, she, and, she, and he says, hey, daddy has the knife. Don't talk while daddy's working with the knife. <laughs> Is that good? Yeah, there was a failure, and my boy, by my expense, though, but my boy learned, don't talk when you're working with the knife. And he was absolutely right, because I probably would have hacked something again, okay? I'm creative, but I'm clumsy. And so in that growth mindset, I can learn to do anything I want mindset. Not, well, you know, this is all I, I know. This thing I'm going through, it challenges me, and it helps me to grow. That's a, a growth mindset. My effort and my attitude determines my abilities. Not just what I've been predetermined with, but man, am I going to give effort to it and have the right attitude? I see feedback not as criticism. When you're in a growth mindset, you start to see feedback as not as criticism, but you see it as constructive. Now, the thing with that is that's something I've had to grow in. I take things personal. How many take things personal? Oh, yeah, I take things personal. So feedback to me can feel like criticism. Well, yeah, if I'm in that fixed mindset, I've got to be careful so I can stay in that growth mindset. I'm inspired when I see other pastors and other ministries succeed. That's a growth mindset. Are you inspired? Are you an insurance agent and you're inspired by the insurance agent down the street who's doing better than you? 
Or are you in your mind going, there must be something they're doing underhanded. There must be something they're, no, 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 be inspired by their success. Amen? Be inspired. That puts you in a growth mindset. You know, have that mindset. You're trying new things and such. You see the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset? Now, that's probably the majority today of how I'm going to go back and forth with this concept I'm bringing to bear today. Um, it's, I told Amy this morning, I said, baby, I'm struggling with this because I don't want to get into the positive side. I want to start with the negative, but I hate to leave you guys stuck in the negative. But I'm going to leave you stuck in the negative. Okay? I'm sorry. Just, just for a little bit, and then we'll come and we'll fix it next time I speak, Okay? But here's what I want to give you. When it comes to this idea of growth or it comes to this idea of fix, when it comes to this idea of believing for the best in our life, everybody's looking for a model. Everybody in life wants to find a pattern, a system, right? Don't, don't, I mean, that's just how we are. We, that one man calling me, he wanted to rub the genie lamp. He wanted a system. He wanted a pattern. He wanted something quick. Can I, I'm going to give you this morning... Literally, the only pattern, the only life model that you're ever going to need. And you can draw this in your life and use this the rest of your life, all right? Here it is. You ready for it? It's going to be real technical. That's it. I'm done. See you guys next week. No. That's it. Literally. This right here, everything you're experiencing, facing, going through, every relationship, everything comes down to a line, one line, that we can use in our life to judge how we're doing, if our minds are fixed, if our minds are open to growth. We can use this if we're on the side of God, working and partnering with God, or we allowing ourselves to work against God as God's trying to work things out in our life. And so what this is, is you have on one side of this line, it's below the line. This whole series is called Above the Line. The other side you have above the line. Below the line and above the line. But below the line, we'll put this on the screen, below the line people are closed. I'm sorry, yeah, they're closed. I don't want to hear anything else. You're going through a fight with the wife. It's all her. It's not me. Below the line, you're closed. You see, like I said, your competitor doing something, and instantly you close up. Rather than be open to learn, to to experience, to say, how can I grow? How can I be more like? How can I? Instantly you go below the line, and you're closed. Maybe you have an idea at work. And you're at work and you've expressed the idea and somebody else has an opposing idea. And maybe some of that idea will get you all to the right solution. But you want your idea out there. You want your name to be the one that, that sponsors this new agenda. And so with it, you just are closed to involvement or closed to participation from others, closed to their idea. That's one way. Another way we live below the line We're defensive. And you may be sitting there right now going, no, I'm not. I am not. I hate this guy. I'm never coming back. You're below the line. Yeah. Right? And if you're at home, I know it's the person over there in the recliner. I know that. 
It's not you. I get it, okay? But you're defensive. Another thing that we do when we're below the line is we're committed to being right. Committed to being right. You see how that's a fixed mindset? It's not open to be curious. It's not open to understand. It's, it's fixed, and I am right, and the way I see things is right, and the way I view things is right. And I, I, know, I know we say it's not like that, but it is. For most of us. Can I be honest? Anybody with me on this? For most of us, it's easier to live below the line. When it comes to living above the line, you're curious. Yeah, I don't agree at all with what you're saying, but I really want to understand it. I'm curious. I don't know why you're feeling that, but I want to understand. Help me to understand why you're so stupid. No, you don't say that. That would, see, I'm growing. I'm developing. That's, that would be fixed mindset. You're, you know, but help me to get this. Help me to understand. Listen, th- these numbers don't make sense to me. Can you help me understand these numbers? You know, that, you're open and you're curious. Yeah, I'll give you one. We're a Pentecostal church. Well, I'm not so sure about things of the Holy Spirit. Once in a while, I hear somebody sitting beside me praying in spirit. They're praying in tongues. That's weird. Yeah, and it's biblical. It's weird, and it's biblical. <laughs> it was weird that Jesus put mud in a guy's eye, but he got healed. Come on, somebody, right? And so you could be in a spiritual environment going, I just don't agree with any of this. Oh, okay, I get that. And you know what? We're supposed to judge what we see happening. We are. But we judge it to the word, not our own preferences. And so we have an openness as we come into the house of God, an openness, a curiosity. Well, Lord, what are you going to do next? We have an openness and a curiosity in our, in our marriages to understand our spouses, to hear their hearts. An openness and a curiosity to the hearts of your children. It's easy just to draw a line. You're below it, I'm above it. You're wrong, I'm right. How far does that go with a relationship? Doesn't mean you don't have positions and principles. Yes, you do. But you also have patience. Amen? And you're open and you're curious. Where below the line living is tied into committed to being right, above the line living is tied into committed to learning. It's a commitment to learning, right? But above the line is, is, man, I'm always learning. Below the line, I'm always right. Can I tell you what you call bosses that are always right? Your ex-employee. Bosses in the house, you wonder why you can't keep anybody? Pastors watching online, you wonder why you can't keep anybody? Because you're always right. Can I tell you something? You're wrong. I love you. Amen? No. It, it, there's got to be an openness, a commitment to always learning, a commitment to not always being right. It, this whole thing, this whole principle, and I've done this before, and I just can never get away from it. It just sounds to me like John 10.10. 10. It just always, everything comes back to this. It's just the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life. I mean, isn't that, isn't that what this is saying? Like, you have death, and you have life. And God would come along and say, choose life. 
God would come along and say, I'm going to work out all these things for your good. But not through magic. Through the leading of my Holy Spirit as you submit your mind to me. Amen? Because your, your actions will follow your thoughts. Amen? And your actions are led by your beliefs. I'm hoping over the next few weeks we can help shift some of those beliefs and help you be able to live above the line. All right? So I want to throw out a few things about when we live below the line, all right? So when we live below the line, our mindset is this, that life is happening to me. All right? When we live below the line, this is going to be real key over the next few weeks, so don't miss this. When we live below the line, we view as life as something that's happening to me. You divorced me. God, you let me get sick. You this, you, you didn't give me a good enough pay raise, so now I'm broke. It's not an openness to go, yes, but I was living on credit in the first place, trying to keep up with the Joneses, Smiths, and everybody else on the street. But I deserved it. No, that's fixed mindset. See, whatever those things are, it's happening to me. Some of the questions you'll find yourself asking when you look at life as happening to you or to me is, why me? Why is this happening to me? Why does this always happen to me? Maybe why does this never happen to me? Who's at fault? They did it. I know they're at fault in this. <laughs> My son recently had a car crash. His fault. God bless him. But somehow it wasn't. I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. We've all been there before. You know? There was a brake issue he had. He repaired his brakes, but it was more expensive to also add the brake booster that his model of car really actually needed. I can not have that. I'll be okay without it. Apparently not. <laughs> it was a doozy of an accident, too. Thank God he's okay and everybody's okay. But instantly, it's like, well, the brakes let, and, and I, love, I love his heart, too. He's naivety. He's a young guy. To the police officer, it was the brakes' fault. I was supposed to do this, and I didn't. So <laughs> the officer, I love how he, he wrote the ticket, failure to control, but then also failure to um, um, drive according to conditions. Well, what do you mean conditions? The weather was great. No, the conditions, the, the cop told me, were his brakes weren't good, and he knew it. And so he drove over what he needed to to control the car. Oh, okay. I get it. It's been a good lesson for him. He's, he's weathering it well. Proud of that kid. But all I'm saying is, why is this happening to me? It's somebody else's fault. That's how we live. We say things like, this always happens to me, or things will never change. Always and never. Well, if you're always saying always and never, you are living, you know you're living. It's a telltale sign you're living below, below the line. Here's another thing that happens. It, maybe it's not that we're looking at everybody else, like they did me wrong, this and that. But what happens when our ego fights? When our ego, the core of who we are, when it rises up and it says things like this, I'm right and they're wrong. Just hard line. I'm right and they're wrong. It's my way or the highway. 
That's a fixed mindset, y'all. It's not an open mindset. My way or the highway. That, that's, that's going below the line. And you're not looking at yourself as one that it's happening, yes, happening to me. But the way you're responding to things happening to me is through that ego, through that strength, that, that bravado. My way or the highway. Not open to learning. Here's what happens. When we live below the line, we allow ourselves to be drawn into Drama. Any drama mamas in the house? Say, whoo! No, you won't. <laughs> I'll take my earrings out. Come on. No, drama mamas. Yeah, we draw ourselves into drama. And really, when we get drawn into drama, it's three areas that I think, I'm going to call it the drama triangle. When we are below the line, now you're going to see, I don't have a lot of stuff up here. That's going to be the next time we talk, okay? But there's three areas that often, if we're not careful, we get pulled into a triangle. And you're going to recognize this, okay? And so you have a hero in the drama triangle. You have a villain in the drama triangle. What do you think this one is? It's a victim. Victim, hero, villain. You can take every drama in your life, and you can find yourself or somebody else in this. All right? Just think about it. Like, you're going through sickness, and so God's the villain. Maybe, maybe not. You're having that mindset of, I can't believe they're doing this to me again. What's that? The victim. Now, what's crazy is sometimes people love drama so much, they'll create struggle or permit struggle so they can run in and save the day. Hero. Here I am to save the day. And they just live. And maybe they're not the true hero. They're the hero in their own mind. That person in your life, or maybe it's you, you're always trying to fix everything, fix everything, fix everything, fix everything, fix everything, help everybody, serve everybody, do everything, every, every, blah, 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 blah. and you're just in a world, and your family's just like, what in the world? You live in drama. That's, 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 that's the drama triangle. Hero, villain, <clears throat> victim. You, 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 you'll recognize the drama triangle because it triggers in you the response of fight, flight, freeze, and flee, right? When you start to feel that drama, you're going to fight. You're the hero. Maybe you're the villain. You're going to fight. You're going to freeze. You're the victim. You're going to flee. You're the victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hope you understand when I'm saying you're, there's a lot of fingers pointing back to me today. I've lived out all of these. So when we're posturing ourselves in that area as a victim, a hero, or a villain, there's a few things that happen that are below the line, and there's some telltale signs, all right? We get overwhelmed. And when we get overwhelmed, we don't manage that. We push down those emotions because we're overwhelmed. Another way we deal with it is we avoid conflict. Yeah, we just avoid conflict. I mean, like that's that, that, that freeze or that flight, that flee. We avoid conflict. How about the other side, the fight response? We aggressively cling to our opinion and we argue our point at nauseam. I do not, Amy. I do not. I do, I do. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, the last few years have been just, I thought I, thought I was a pretty good guy until about four years ago. <clears throat> and the Lord just started putting his thumb on a lot of stuff. Started with my health, 
And then it went to my mind. <laughs> Literally, like, like, oh my gosh, I need this fixed. And this kind of stuff has helped me so much. I'm hoping it's going to help you as well. When we posture ourselves as a victim or a hero or a villain, here's, here's one that starts to happen. We'll start to gossip. Why? Because we try to bring others in to affirm our beliefs about our situation. We're the hero in our story, or we're the villain in our story, and we need to point to the victim. We need, or we're the victim, I mean. We need to point to the villain. And so we bring people in through gossiping. Another way that we go below the line is we rationalize and we justify what's going wrong in my life. Well, everybody does this. This is just normal. This is just how it is. You can't expect more. Does that sound like a closed mind? A fixed mindset? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what can happen is we can fall into judgment mindset, you know, just where we judge everything. This is right and wrong. What well, may not be. You may need to have some more questions and some more discovery on this, a little more curiosity. This is good and bad. Well, yeah, I get it. Have you looked at the word to be sure what the word says, or is this your determination and so on, all right? So as we continue, when we live below the line, what happens is we have that kind of mindset. The experience of our life starts to be marked by a few things. I'm just going to cover these. It may not be all for you. It may not be none. I hope everybody in this church are above. If you're all above the line, man, I, I, I love, oh, hallelujah. I know you're not because you're not all tithers. <laughs> not that I know. I never look. I'm just saying. Above the line, folk tithe. Okay, come on, somebody. <laughs> no, but here's the experience of our life. It's marked by these things. Blaming and complaining. Dude, I, I am the king of blaming and complaining. When I was a kid, man, I blamed all the time. I didn't want to get in trouble, so it was somebody else's fault. Carried that into the early years of my ministry and literally into my marriage. And I literally had a man speaking to me, if you keep blaming others, you're going to lose your ministry and lose your marriage. And he was absolutely right. And I broke it. I broke it too much. Then I got sorry about everything. Do you know that's above, below the line as well? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, stop messing up. <laughs> I messed up a lot. So rather than, hey, I'm working on that. I'm fixing that. I'm contending for that. It was just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So blaming and complaining. With a person that lives below the line, that experience is marked by, by, by being right as the most important thing. It's not about relationship. It's about being right. That person will be marked often by a scarcity mindset. What do you mean by a scarcity mindset? That mindset that there's never enough. There's just never enough. There's never enough money. There's never enough time. There's never enough opportunities. There's never enough. Does that make sense? Scarcity mindset. And then what ends up happening too is you'll start to see when you're living below the line, and we're almost done, what you'll start to see is behavior becomes impulsive. Behavior becomes resistant. Behavior becomes reactionary. That, that's why, well, I can't keep all this stuff from happening to you. We live in a fallen world. God doesn't even keep all this stuff happening to you. If God doesn't keep all this stuff happening to you and allows bad things at times to come into your life because of the world's fallen, stop being so hard on your wife when bad things happen. Stop being so bad on your husband when bad things happen. Stop, stop being so hard on your kids when bad things happen. Does that make sense? 
Bad stuff happens. It's what we do with the stuff that matters. And so all these things start to happen in our life. And behavior is impulsive. And we react. And we're below the line. We're not becoming like mindful of that moment. And doing, okay, God, what do you want me to do in this moment? But we are reactionary. Here's what happens. I'll just be honest. And this is where I was at. I feel I was so on the below the line living that I was on autopilot. Just autopilot. My negativity was rampant. You may not have saw it. I'm your pastor. I need to come out here and smile. And life's good. And I've always been pretty open with you guys. But I'll just be honest. I was on autopilot a lot of times. Man, things were not good. I was negative. I would, I would be bitey to my staff. Right, Tyler? Shut up. No. No, that was before Tyler, that was before Tyler came around. But, man, I just realized a handful of years ago, I'm not who God wants me to be in my mindset, in my mind, my thinking process. I was on autopilot, looked at things as an attack always, looked at somebody has to be at fault. If something goes wrong, somebody's to blame. No, you know what? It's just something might have went wrong. Talk through it. Figure it out. Go ahead. Move forward, right? Move forward with wisdom, but move forward. And so that's what happens. And so here's what it says in Proverbs 423. I'm gonna write one thing above the line. Proverbs 423. This is so key to us, guys. And this will kind of be our, our, our working verse, really, this whole series. Guard your heart. When I say mindset, I can say heart as well. It's your mind, your will, your emotions. It's the core of who you are. It's the core of your thinking. It's the core of how you engage with the world and so on. It's the core of how you engage with God. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The junk you go through does not have to determine the course of your life. But if you don't guard your heart while facing the junk you're going through, it will determine the course of your life. Amen? And so what happens when our life is, seems like it's getting out of control, when it seems like we're, 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 we're not where we want to be and things are frustrating, people begin to use distractions to ease pain. Because you're, you're feeling that tension and you move into distractions. Food, that was mine. Literally on Monday afternoons, I could feel in my chest the tension of the coming Sunday sermon. And I don't know why, but Chinese buffet would help with that tension. Just to be honest. And it is funny. I get that. But when you were 300 pounds, I mean, like, guys, I was going to die in 10 years if I kept it up. Period. So food can be one. Sex can be used as a distraction. Whether it's physical, whether it's pornography, whether it's whatever, that, that idea of sex can be used as a distraction. Drugs can be used. You're saying, well, pastor, I don't use drugs. Substances to alter emotions. Let's just call it that. Whether it's alcohol, nicotine, whatever it is. If you're using it to cope as a distraction mechanism, I get it. I understand your pain. I understand. But all I'm saying is it is a distraction. It's keeping you from doing the heart and hard and mindset work to get above the line. It's a part of being an autopilot. How about this one? This is one that my wife would say, yes, Ross, he struggles with this one. Media. Man, if I can just keep... The synapses in my brain firing with, with another book, another podcast, another, another Facebook thing I read, another post, another. If I can just keep the synapses firing, I won't feel the stuff. I won't feel this. 
but I'm not dealing with it. I'm not moving forward. I'm not guarding my heart. Another one I had so bad when I was younger, I've gotten a lot better with this the last five years. My board has helped me with this, was work. I feel all this, and surely working for the Lord is above the line. Praise my name. So all these hours, all this time, all you know, no, I was on autopilot. I was, I was medicating by work. Does that make sense? And so let me give you, as we close, a below-the-line checklist. Number one, are you closed-minded? Like, what's the point of being optimistic? Nothing's going to change. Do you find yourself being closed-minded? Number two, defensive. Do you find yourself being defensive? Why is this happening to me? Defensiveness will manifest as being quick to blame others. Are you quick to blame others? Or are you quick to blame life? I can't believe life has given me this. That's being defensive. Being defensive sounds like, not my fault. And you know what? You might be right. You absolutely, the pain you're facing may not be your fault. And it's not your fault, but it is yours to fix. Don't miss that. No matter what we go through, it's not our fault. But it's ours in submission to the Lord and the work of his Holy Spirit in our life. It is ours to fix. And things that you can't fix, it's yours to free. I've learned that the last few years. Amen? Sometimes, sometimes feels wonderful. I couldn't do that before. Why? I was locked in the drama triangle. Victim, villain, and hero. This whole thing is so bad, I got to fix it. I got to fix it. You know what? They don't want it fixed. Does it make sense? That's freeing. Do you, have a right, uh, do, you, do you have to be right? That's part of that, that, that defensiveness. It doesn't matter right now you know, to be happy or healthy in the situation. You just want to be right. I don't, I don't care if my marriage is happy or healthy or my, my, my work relationships are happy or healthy. I just want to be right. That's part of that defensive side. Closed-minded. Yeah, defensive. And so let me say it this way. True change and growth takes place when we move above the line. All right? Let me just remind you, all these things that you're facing are real. Every single one of them. I'm not downplaying those, but I want you to hear it deep in your spirit. Look at me. Look at me online. You were created to conquer conflict. You were designed to deal with difficulty. God fashioned you to fair weather the worst of life storms. Amen? Don't forget it. All this stuff will not take you it won't break you. All this stuff will only shape you and make you into what God desires if you'll learn to live above the line. Yes, the word says, and I agree with it, that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And all those things work together in your life as you come to the table with an open heart, an open mind. Okay, Lord, what are we going to do? How are you going to help me grow through this? Amen? What am I going to learn through this? Let's pray. Jesus, in your name, I thank you for your goodness. Lord God, as you set this series up in our hearts, Lord, allow us to come out the backside of this five weeks with a better understanding of how to see all things work together for our good. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.